Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task, that's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass, it was tipped, it's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5, he'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. What up, we are back. Austin Orman, Jay Foreman, top of the 5 o'clock hour, pushing to 6. Uh, we are old school, brought to you by the Mercado, certified Piedmontese, special ingredients of Butcher Shop, uh, located at 84th and Havelock and 30th and Yankee Hill. Without further ado, Austin, Ravens go all the way out to San Francisco. And San Francisco, before the game, was the, was thought of to be, you know, the best team in the league. Baltimore was a great record, but not thought of. It's always been San Francisco, Philly, I guess you could throw Baltimore in there, but people always thought the Chiefs were better than Baltimore until the Chiefs get dethroned. Obviously, mm-hmm. defending the Super Bowl champion. But back to the Ravens. Obviously, uh, the offense has you know been sporadic over the years, but this year has probably been the best version. But people still weren't believers, mm-hmm. even to the point that Mike Florio um, went out there and said essentially San Francisco or went out or said that Baltimore is going to go out there and San Francisco was going to embarrass them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Baltimore was inspired. They've been looking forward to this game. If you even listened to them even last week, what is your thoughts of this game? Is it more on Purdy actually is a game manager or was it a bad game in a big moment or was it overall San Francisco isn't as tough as everybody thought they were? I'm going to lean big credit to Baltimore. I don't think there is a a single dominant team in either conference in the NFL this year because you mentioned all those teams that we thought, you know, had been the best at some point this year. It's a revolving door. Is Baltimore the the true best team in the NFL as we see a Luke McCaffrey score touchdown? Yeah, Um, former Husker. Right. Uh, Baltimore is really good. Are they the best team in the NFL? I don't know. Is Miami the best team in the NFL? I don't know. They're really good. San Francisco, you know, really good. Had a three-game losing streak. Philly. Three-game losing streak. Dallas. Plenty of questions out there about them. Chiefs falling off. There is no best team. So it's kind of a, you know, what have you done for me lately? Who's the best team this week sort of discussion, which is where I credit Baltimore. Right. They came in focused. They came in with a great game plan. They set the tone defensively. I know 33 points against a you know a team like San Francisco is a lot to put up, but holding them to really... 10 points. I mean, that safety, safety is, you know, self-inflicted. Right. right. Glad that didn't come back to be the the main talking point. Oh, what's the ref doing? It happened. He stumbled. He got in the way on accident. I'm glad that didn't end up being the story. Then they get that touchdown late when the game's basically decided. So that's a huge credit to Baltimore for me. Defense played exceptionally well. Kyle Hamilton is doing his thing. Uh, we mentioned Roquan Smith um, when, when you, Nick, and I were talking about it. But the under-the-radar acquisition, to me, was Todd Munkin. Yeah. Leaves Georgia. I, I know I've gotten your Greg Roman stories before. I like right. the idea of Greg Roman. But, but what Todd Munkin did, the growth that, that he's shown over the years, I really liked that fit. I was really interested to see how that looked with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, me too. He rediscovered that MVP magic yeah. for Lamar Jackson. It's been awesome to watch. Yeah, and because it's it's... You know, Greg Roman was really good. I guess I'll say he was a really good or not really good. He was a great Mr. T starter kit for Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. and Josh Allen. Right. But to go to the next level, you need Brian Dable and Josh Allen's case. In this case, in this case, you need Todd Munkin. 
where he's able to take what was done prior, add a little bit more sophistication and efficiency to their passing game, and then obviously you add pieces, mm-hmm. and this is what you get. And you know, one of the also uh, again, I, we talked about it when I was on on with you and Nick, you know, the happy hour is the Baltimore Ravens, essentially from ownership to GM to say Ozzie Newsom is the special advisor, kind of mm-hmm. GM uh, to Harbaugh. It's just extreme continuity. They're all lock and step, even when they weren't playing as well. And then it's off season, mm-hmm. right? You thought there was talk that Harbaugh might be gone, right? Just because of Lamar Jackson and Lamar not being around, you know, the last game last year. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to pay. I mean, that's just water under the bridge right now, right? Mm-hmm. And he's more than earning his paycheck. One of the, Kyle Van Noy picking him up from the Chargers is huge. Forgot that that guy was even on the in the league till yesterday. Right. Mm-hmm. He played really well last year for the Chargers. Came in and he's playing a, I'll call it a specialty role, right? He's playing behind obviously Raquan Smith, or Roquan Smith, and then obviously um, what's his name? What's it? Patrick Queen. Queen. Mm-hmm. He goes from a start. He's playing a specialty role, kind of along the lines of when he was at New England. Less is more, mm-hmm. but then he's be- being very, very productive. Four tackles, one uh, forced fumble, and a sack. That's a guy that if you need a guy to get a blow or somebody's dinged up, he can mm-hmm. step in and give you um, Pro Bowl minutes. But then also, guess what he brings to that young linebacker room and also that young defense? That's championship pedigree. Championship pedigree, championship mentality. But then also mixed in with a, I wouldn't say a new age thinking, but he'd already been to to uh, Los Angeles Chargers, so he knows what it's like to be with a young team, and he knows what it what it takes to be very very effective. And don't think that he hasn't had an effect on Kyle Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he was at mm-hmm. New England with the with the numerous amount of safeties that they've had out there, uh, right? With the um, McCourty twins, McCarthy, McCourty, was McCourty twins. Yep. But then also he's Derwin Derwin James, mm-hmm. and then also he was at Detroit as well with uh, my man that's up in uh, Seattle right now that got traded from Detroit to Seattle. So he knows what it takes at the second and third level. Here's where he comes with Kyle Hamilton and teaching him how to play off of him or playing off of uh, Roquan Smith and Patrick uh, Queen. He is a huge addition along with all of them. But I think really the biggest thing is is did the game management quote-unquote talk really has it really gotten to Brock Purdy? Is it really gotten to 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 uh, to Kyle Shanahan? Because here's why: the the throws that he was missing, he looked like Sam Darnold against the the, uh, the New England Patriots a few years ago. He mm-hmm. was seeing ghosts, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a sophisticated, sophisticated defensive uh, scheme. They were rushing four, maybe five, and they were pretty pretty much playing blanket coverage and keeping everything in front of them. They still had a lot of yards. They still gave up some yards, not big plays. I mean, you got to think for Brock Purdy to be eighteen to thirty two, two hundred fifty five yards. Four picks. I mean, that's that's unheard of. And uh, one of the best plays was Kyle Hamilton got blitzed, kind of got tripped up. Offensive lineman tried to finish him off. Got up, chased the ball, got a tip. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get the tip if the ball's placed right. So, I, I mean, I, I don't think – I'm not a big believer in, na- you know, labeling Brock Purdy a game manager. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, at the end of the day, at some at one point in time in his career, that's what Tom Brady was. Oh, yeah. Play keep away. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of guys that won Super Bowls by being quote-unquote game managers. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys that didn't reach their potentials as a quarterback by not being game managers. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And 
that has to, that also has to be taken into account. I think, you know, could you say that Brock Purdy is a system quarterback or he needs to be, you know, surrounded by good players? Okay, I can I can deal with that, but you know what? Peyton Manning had great, great players. <laughs> to say, it, name me one it, quarterback it, right. that it was a great quarterback that hasn't been surrounded by great players. Right. I mean, Brady and Gronkowski, even before that, you had the David Givens and, and the branches. They were great players within their systems. Mm-hmm. And you could even say some of those receivers of those Patriot teams beforehand, Troy Browns and all them, were system players. Mm-hmm. Think of Kurt Warner with Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, and Torrey Holt. That's Hall of Fame right there. I mm-hmm. mean... You know, Brad or Bradshaw, Stallworth, and 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 Lynn Swan. You're, you, I mean, you're not gonna be to the level of the of the of of Super Bowl championship mentality, or in the thought, or in the in the in the discussion without good players around you. You're mm-hmm. you're not gonna be there by just getting the ball and acting like you're in club football, and and you're gonna be a one man show. You're gonna there is some sort of system per se. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, and I was talking about this with with Strick. There's nothing wrong with a system. You have a problem with it. It's a scheme. Mm-hmm. San Francisco probably borders lines on scheme, but I think they have a system in place that's built on physicality, efficient quarterback play that makes their scheme that much better. Mm-hmm. But when that's not happening, that's when the quarterback plays really, really bad, and that's why you got uh, a lot of people talking about it today. Uh, I remember that discussion, and to me, it sounded like scheme was coach ego in a lot of ways, yeah. almost stubbornness, um, or the player likes it this certain way, so yeah. we're only going to run it this way. And there's a difference between being detail-oriented this and knowing what you do well versus this is my way, this is how you do it. Right. I don't care if you're a great player. You adapt to me. Right. This, this is my team. Because think about the conversations we have when we come to the NFL draft, NBA draft, whatever, who is a great fit for the style that they play. Sure. Scheme, style, or, you know, system, whatever it is, helps the player become great. Right. Do they need that structure? It's not, and you can speak to this better than anyone at the station, they don't just roll the ball out and say, go get them. No. It's not improv on the fly. There's planning, there's coordination, there's plays, there's practice that goes into it. So yes, the system is going to make a great player. And you find the right system, you find the right fit. That's when players really take off. Right. And I mean, if you want to look at college football, you look at, you know, Alabama with Jalen Milrow. They finally found a way to get him to fit within their system and their system mm-hmm. to fit him. They adjust it. Um, you see it numerous times. You could talk about the Golden State Warriors with with uh, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. They found a way that to fit a system that, made you know, accentuated what they did well. Mm-hmm. And they find other guys that fit in that system so they don't go, they don't run a scheme. If Steve Kerr was running the triangle, we don't have to worry. No, you don't. And if and if Steph Curry goes to like an um, like old school where New York Knicks where it was like we're trying to score, you know, 80 points and it's physical defense, getting downhill, finishing at the rim, we don't have Steph Curry. No. And so, you know, when people start to try to use these labels, they're forgetting the NFL and superstars are built off those labels. If you want to talk about, frankly, the two greatest football players that I've seen, okay, Jim Brown, I didn't get to see him play. Okay, Jerry Rice and Lawrence Taylor, they both played in systems. And I'm almost willing to tell you that the, the, that the West Coast offense borderline on scheme. Because it was sure. a West Coast, right? It was, mm-hmm. it was, sure. it was very mm-hmm. right. But essentially, the scheme didn't matter because you had Joe Montana, you had 
80 Maya, you had Roger Craig, Tom Rathman, John Taylor, and Jerry Rice, and Brent Jones, and a really, really good offensive line. Mm -hmm. And then you had the architect or one of the first guys that really take it to the next level and Bill Walsh. Mm -hmm. Right? Now, I wouldn't say it was totally a scheme. It was more of a system. But he was able to go and get guys and put them in that system. Which is how you go from Montana to Young. Exactly. And then adjust. Mm -hmm. That's why it wasn't scheme. They adjusted to mm -hmm. from Joe Montana, which is very pocket-oriented, get it a little half rollout, where Steve Young, bootleg, you know, get out on the run, you know, option passes, mm -hmm. and then more quarterback run, or the thought process, if it's if the first read and second read is there, let's use what we, what, you know, your tuck guy, it. Get, tuck it and go. Mm -hmm. It's the same coach, same team, a different system that's adaptable to the players. Mm -hmm. And one known was, that guy, which is known as the GOAT, and Jerry Rice. Then you flip to the defensive side. Bill Parcells and them ran a 3-4. But when LT came, <laughs> it was a different system. They ran the plays. What did James Harden say? I am the system. He, he, was, the, he was that guy, <laughs> right? He They found a way to operate and call their calls with this guy that was the ultimate equalizer. Mm -hmm. And then what was he surrounded? He had Carl Banks over there, Leno Martin. He had Jim Burton, all these guys. That's how you have great teams. You're not going to win championships by not having good or great players. And sometimes when you have really, really great players, you can make good players look great. I'm glad you said that. That's exactly where I was going to go. Because I think that we get a lot of flack given to teams for, you know, signing all these stars, the super teams, right? It's always been that way. Yeah. Even if it was done in different ways, the teams that win have multiple great players right. that want to play together. Maybe you don't like it in the NBA that, you know, Kevin Durant's orchestrating all these trades to play different places. Even if you think, you know, the Hamptons Five Warriors were, were cheap for what they did. Let's not pretend like LeBron didn't do it. Let's not pretend like Shaq and Kobe, Shaq and didn't, Kobe didn't do it. You know, Michael and Scotty, you know, you, have you had the, it in the Orlando. Celtics, the yeah, Lakers. Right. I mean, you got to think way back in the day when the Bill Walton was coming off the bench. Yeah, Bill Walton. Bill Walton was coming uh -huh. off the bench. You got to think. Even with the Bulls with Michael Jordan, you had Jordan, Pippen, Tony Kukoc, you had Steve Kerr, you had all those guys. Then you here comes Rodman and all that. I mean, mm -hmm. Rodman's a Hall of Fame player, right? You know, you, mm -hmm. you're, 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 I mean, just think of the Detroit Pistons with all those guys they had. But then the, what people don't really want to recognize is those guys that were really, really good on Detroit, right? Were good players, but they were surrounded by Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars, Mark. I mean, if you want a, a super team. Mark Aguirre came from the Dallas Mavericks, and he was a backup. He was coming off the bench. Mm -hmm. He's a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. So when people talk about super teams or you have too many good players or too many great players, I think what makes when you have a super team great is when you have really, really good role players that fit within your system. doesn't matter if it's football or basketball. Mm -hmm. If you look at the Celtics, you had the big three. Mm -hmm. And then almost like the big like – uh, let's call them the huge four or fantastic four – was Rondo, but then you had Big Baby playing it. Then you had Kendrick Perkins. Then you had other guys. It's just the way it is, and and that's the way the sports. That's the way sports is always going to be. Um, but it's it's very interesting to see where the 49ers go from here. And I think the other part to this discussion is something you said in passing. Great players elevate the other players. Yes, I mean it's obvious when you look at a quarterback, right? You can turn a good receiver into a great receiver. Right. I mean, with the right quarterback, you can turn a a great shooting guard into an all-time shooting guard with the right guy setting screens or the right guy passing him the ball, the best players are not only in the best system that fits them, 
but you called Lawrence Taylor the ultimate equalizer. What did he do? He simplified everyone else's job. Right. They knew Lawrence Taylor was going to be at the quarterback. Right. That's one less thing for them to worry about. They can yeah. focus on doing their job that much better. That simplification, we hear it time and time again. Accentuates everybody. Right. It, I mean, if you when you look at I, I mean, it's just funny as I think about it. It's like Brock Purdy being there with Debo Samuel, and I, I'm going to say Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey. Why do you think they picked up Tr Christian McCaffrey? They had more set before that's down there with the dog. He's a, he's a, he's a good running back, mm -hmm. but he's not great. Christian McCaffrey gives you more options. Why do you have, mm -hmm. they, they, they have, uh, Justin, uh, Jusek or from Baltimore. Kyle Jusek. Or Kyle Jusek. Mm -hmm. uh, why, why do you think they have him? Why do they keep him around? Right. Because he, why do you think they, George Kittle? Because mm -hmm. those guys are great. And then what happens is when they're really humming, right? It it makes Brock Purdy an all pro type of quarterback, but when he plays that bad, it doesn't. So I think mm -hmm. what what people need, I mean, I get, and I know there's talking points and all that, but I just wonder with Brock Purdy and Strick mentioned it earlier, with you know him being one of the lowest paid quarterbacks, they haven't even kind of re upped him with a kind of middle of the road deal. He's hearing all these people saying he's a game manager, Cam Newton, and all that stuff, and 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 all that. I wouldn't say it's gotten into his head, but I've never seen Brock Purdy look like that. No, and again, I've never seen because the, the reason why the look in his eyes, he has that glazed over Sam Darnold mm -hmm, look, where it's mm -hmm, like, whoa, mm -hmm. this game was moving way too fast. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, and, and that's the first time I will say that I felt like he was un, unsure of himself. I'm going to credit Baltimore for that. Even though they were just rushing four or five, they were physical at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Timing seemed off. They were definitely out of rhythm. A couple times you see him double pump, like he expected someone to be there, and right. they weren't. So I'll credit Baltimore for that for the first, you know, instance. If we see it again, okay, then, maybe then he's a pattern, yeah. But I'm just going to look at the numbers, you know, just, just for this too. Brock Birdie leads the NFC in touchdown percentage. He leads the NFC in yards per attempt. Average yards per attempt, yards per completion, quarterback rating, both both looks at it, net yards per attempt, and air net yards yeah. per attempt. He's not just captain checkdown. Like, he's making no. throws. He was yeah. in the MVP discussion for a reason. Like, yes, he's surrounded by great players. He's had moments of greatness. Right. Is he this for the rest of his career? Who's to say? That's why he's going to play it out, and we'll see. I think he's a good enough quarterback. Right. He's made enough plays that he's not being, you know, carried like he was at the end of last year, it felt like. You still got plenty of room to grow. Let me ask you this. Do you remember Brad Johnson? I remember the name. Okay. Um, is he more... Um, well, Brad Johnson was in the John Gruden. Mm -hmm. They won a championship. Yeah. Really kind of weak arm. Oh, and all right. That. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, I was going to ask you... I'm trying to see who would be more comparable in, in your time. I was going to ask you whether he was Brad Johnson... Is, is Brock Purdy more Brad Johnson or more of a Kirk Cousins at the end of his career? That... Is Where, he Joe Flacco? Yeah, well, I guess you, is he more Joe Flacco, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of a one or two hit wonder, mm -hmm. right? Kind of shows you stuff. But then when he's when Joe Flacco's good, you get him. It's not what you saw Sunday. When he's bad, mm -hmm. he's the one who's like, he shouldn't <laughs> he be playing? Or is he more of a Kirk Cousins that is is still inconsistent, but you can see that he's going to continuously get better? Because I think Kirk Cousins has gotten better the last two years. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, Justin Jefferson, whatever, I think he's actually moved up a notch in the quarterback ranking. Where do you view uh, Brock Purdy? I think Purdy's going to continue to get better. I don't think Kyle Shanahan would keep him around if he thought this was all Brock Purdy was. I think he's going to keep molding him and growing him. 
But I do think he's Joe Flacco in kind of the boomer bust, right? right? Kirk Cousins, we know about his blowups in some big games, right? They're well documented. He's steady as can be, though, in right. the regular season. Like, don't get it twisted. Captain Kirk does his business and he goes home. Yeah. He is week to week, you can count on him. He, he, I think he's elevated Justin Jefferson yeah. to some degree. Adam Thielen helped him out when he was there. Hawkinson has played better yeah. with Kirk Cousins. So he's probably got enough Kirk Cousins in him. But I still think he's more Joe Flacco because the Ravens didn't always have elite weapons with Flacco or he couldn't always use them. I think Purdy will be surrounded by more talent more consistently than Flacco was. But we've seen a couple stinkers out of Purdy. Yeah. Kind of out of the blue. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're you're right, man. I think think Brock Purdy can get better. I think he will get better. I I think you're right where he's more of a Joe Flacco. But I think Joe Flacco, I would say he's transferable, where mm. he can play good anywhere, like sure. with any team, because he's Had done some it, success with the Jets. Because he's done games. it with nothing, <laughs> right? Right. I just wonder with Brock Purdy, if he went to say like the Cleveland or the Jets, would he be the starter for sixteen games in a row? And see, that's just the thing. Six a full season? I don't know. That's what that's what that's what is the big question. I think he can't. I just haven't seen it yet. And I do. I want to credit the Baltimore Ravens because they came in and they played at an intensity that San Francisco was not ready for, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, which is kind of surprising. But I'm also surprised at how off he was because generally, even when he had that bad game last year and he went, remember he went to Iowa to got on mm-hmm. got on the tractor. He's been a lot better. He was mm-hmm. that wasn't it. I thought that was rock bottom. This was horrible. Four picks, and two of them got tipped. Yeah, you you were you were just a little bit off. So, anyways, good NFL talk. Jay Foreman, Austin Orman. When we come back, we're going to talk about this transfer portal, and particularly the quarterbacks. Right? We got one mm-hmm. linebacker that left Florida State. He's at Colorado now, but um, now we're starting to see the trend of guys that could potentially start in these bowl games and solidify themselves. These aren't mm-hmm. guys that you know only need one more game or play one one last game to go in the pros. You're, you're the Florida State quarterback, dude. You ain't played. A game. Mm-hmm. You came in when the quarterback got hurt. Now you're, you're in the trend. Where are you going? So anyways, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about quarter, uh, quarterback transfers portal. Where are they going? When they're going to make a decision? And has the quarterback market dried up for these guys as there's more guys added to the pool? Jay Foreman, Austin Orman, we'll be right back. Watch Old School Live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and Jay. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.